the 910 Comedy Podcast Network. announces their return with 22 teams in Orlando. And on the other side, Major League Baseball cannot even come close to a deal to do the same. In the second half, we talk about an icon of extreme sports, Matt Hoffman in ESPN's 30 for 30, The Birth of Big Air. Get on your feet, you're cheering with the hometown crowd. Hello and welcome to episode 36 of Hometown Crowd, your source for sports news across the country and in our backyards of Fayetteville, North Carolina. I'm one of your hosts, Tim Dibble. I'm Mac. And I am Heather, who is still about 99.98% sure that she will die attempting a Nitro Circus stunt, but I'm going to do it anyways. Lewis. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can also email us at hometowncrowdpod at gmail.com and be sure to subscribe to our podcast anywhere you find your podcast. And if you're an Apple subscriber, we'd love a five-star review. Uh, if, if you leave us a review, we will read it on the next episode, but we don't have any this week. But we do have a, another special guest for the first time in a couple of weeks. It's been a minute. Uh, <laughs> the unofficial fourth person. That's right. Number one fourth. fan, James, joins us again tonight. Hey, everybody. How's everybody doing tonight? Um, I have a lot to say, but it doesn't align with the show. So I'm just going to say I'm existing. Mm. And uh, go from there. Heather, James? Um, well, I haven't left the house other than to go to have lunch with Heather for about two and a half-ish months now. So I'm pretty sure I'm becoming part dog, part cat. Oh, so since so. the last time we had you on the show. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's basically turning into cat dog. That's, okay, okay. That's what's happening. That's the situation we've got going on over here. Uh, any more uh, accidents? We're getting better. He's, he is getting better. Yes, he mm -hmm. is getting much better about it. Um, come to find out, he does not like the training bells on the door because we were trying that. Turns out, no, he doesn't like that. Doesn't mm -hmm. like it at all. So actually, we use those to be like a bad behavior deterrent. Ah. We'll just start. So it sounds like fucking Santa Claus is traipsing through the house. <laughs> and he's like too rough with the cat and stuff. But I mean, it works. <laughs> it gets him to stop. Mm -hmm. Hey, whatever works. But the kids are going to be very confused when they come, when, when I have them. They're going to be very, very confused. And I'm going to have to explain to my five-year-old why, you know, no, Santa was not in the house. It's July. Calm down. <laughs> Santa came down because Mommy and James threw a rager. All right, we got yeah. fucked up. <laughs> that we're so known for. So known for our ragers. I, I can imagine. crazy over here. Uh, crazy in the Lewis household. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Well, our lead story tonight is that the NBA has leapfrogged the NHL by not only rolling out a how, but a when and where for their return. July 31st is the date. Uh, 22 teams will be returning, 13 Western Conference teams and nine Eastern Conference teams. They'll play, I believe it's an eight-game finish to the regular season. And then the playoffs will start, and that'll all be down in Orlando. God, that's so weird. This is so awesome. Okay, e even though it, it's just uh, go ahead, go ahead. Even though it breaks my heart, 
that naturally the Cavs will not be part of this. Um, I mean, obviously. Yeah, uh, but I mean, I, I love it. Uh, you got 22 teams. Um, you do that little sprint at the end, you know, to, to kind of get guys their game legs back, and then you jump right in the playoffs. I mean, I think it's great. Um, you know, I, I think Silver's, Adam Silver, you know, the commissioners worked really well with the players' union, mm-hmm. uh, you know, took their input, and then they, you know, they made it a, you know, they, they actively worked together to make sure that they can get back on the court uh, and get it an end to this season. And what I even love more is we're, 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 we're going to get the draft lottery in August and the draft in October and then jump right into the season in November. Yeah, they're oh, basically yeah. they're basically <laughs> treating this as the off season because uh, the end of the regular season or end of the playoffs will be October 12th. The draft will be the 15th and then training camp begins November 10th. Yeah, with the with the regular season starting December first, I could see them maybe even backing up training camp uh, a week or so. But like when your seasons are ending for for twenty two out of the the thirty one teams or thirty teams, you know, there that that's not that's just a short break in between, you know. So they're going to be playing a lot of basketball before they can get back to like an actual like a regular off season and a regular season. So like, I don't even think you need that long for training camp. You can just like kind of take a break let the guys rest. Uh, those other eight teams can finally get up off their ass and play some competitive basketball for a week or so. <laughs> and then you put them on the court, man. Yeah. Uh, you know? So, I mean, I, I, I love it. I, I'm glad that it's coming back. I, I love playoff basketball. Um, I mean, I'm a Cavs fan. I watch at least 60 Cavs games a year being down in North Carolina because I hate myself and I really want to punish myself, but that's what I do as a fan. Yeah. Uh, we've, we've covered that extensively. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I just, I love it. I think it's great. So, I mean, the, the, the greatest news, no matter what you're a fan of is there is a end to our sports drought. Yes. A definitive date in which we will see major sports again. Yeah. Okay. But then, okay. And, I kind of hate to piss in your Cheerios here, but what are y'all going to do when the second, like when another wave of COVID comes through and then it has to stop again? You well, two are going to just be so bad. Hopefully no. we'll have been satiated enough yeah, that no, it'll tide us over. Where I can go on another few month hiatus again. I think I've handled this okay. one fairly well. I got you. Okay, so it's just uh, to, it's just to get you that little bump. Yeah, to get you through. all things yeah. considered, we just need we just need we need to fall off the wagon a little bit. Yeah, uh, get <laughs> no, get our. I don't think we fixed. fell off the wagon a little bit. I think we like fell off the wagon the whole damn thing, and then yeah. it like ran over yeah. it ran over us, backed up, and hit went over it a third time. I, I mean, I started doing yoga and have read 12 books since quarantine started. Uh, and, you know, and I so have done none of those things. I, I uh, hey, man, Google yoga for men and you can get a great YouTube channel that comes up. So I don't feel like a fucking doofus doing it. And while this live, like really lanky person's doing it and like it's all perfect. Now, I got this dude. You can tell he's worked at it a while and he's kind of husky like me. So I'm fucking happy about it. <laughs> But yeah, we're excited to have sports back. No uh, shit, dude. Like, I, I need sports as an outlet for my rage. It like loosens me up and it makes me happy again because we all know I'm politically active. 
uh, and and with everything going on, it's just me. Not... It's just you. It's just you yelling at your computer screen. Oh no, no, no! <laughs> your boy's been your boy's been protesting. Oh um... well, no! I mean, good news. <laughs> I'm just saying. I'm just saying, like, since you don't have a whole lot to channel your rage into, because I'm sure you're, re- you know, it's kind of hard to, to you know, uh, express your political activism while you're in downward facing dog. So, I mean, that's what I mean, I'm saying. Like, yeah, that, I mean, downward facing dog is a good position if you need to get something off your chest, you know? Yeah, just... I'm sure. <laughs> sure. But yeah, I mean, I think it's, it's good. I think this is a good thing. This is a, you know, we, we, we need the, I, I don't know if, if the distraction is the right word, but having an outlet where we can all just kind of jump into something that mm-hmm. that is it has way more levity than what we're all, you know, a lot of people are jumping in together right now, excuse me, you know, in the world. Uh, I'm, honestly, and I miss being able to sit down and have a beer. Uh, keep in mind, if they ever open the bars open again, I will still maintain my, you know, social distance of six feet away from the person I'm drinking with. Uh, but that's I'm a table. Drinking. Yeah, so or it's just me at the corner of the bar looking surly as fuck, like I because it's just my face, and people just don't sit near me. I'm okay with that. You know, our sister podcast. Nice plug. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> Listen um, to me. The 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 NBA when it returns will feature 13 teams from the West. That's the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Jazz, Thunder, Rockets, Mavericks, Grizzlies. Trailblazers, Pelicans, Kings, Spurs, and Suns. All teams that are within reachable distance of one of those final eight playoff spots. Yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, that's the thing. You had to do that in the West. It had to be unbalanced because the West is so much deeper than the East. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, I would have probably only taken like six teams out of the East and been like, the rest of you fuck off because you're all bad. <laughs> yeah. The the East will feature nine teams. The Bucks, Raptors, Celtics, Heat. Pacers, 76ers, Nets, Magic, and Wizards. The Wizards are six games back of the um, the Magic for that eighth place. And, and what kills me is they're going to have to be expected to win almost every game of that eight, you know, the, the yep. sprint eight games, and then the Magic would have to lose you yeah. know, those those games. So there, There's an outside shot, but not a very strong one mm-hmm. uh, to get there. And, and really, it's... I mean, there, there were, I think, two more teams in the East that theoretically weren't mathematically eliminated by the eight games, but it was like seven and seven and a half. And yeah. they were like, or seven and a half and eight, something yeah, like that. No, no, that's just ridiculous. Yeah, they they decided not to. Ironically, that included um, Michael Jordan's Hornets. Well, I mean, who gives a shit? The Hornets suck. And, yeah. And- you know, Jordan, Jordan, the player is not equating well as to Jordan, the front office man slash owners. So, well, I say ironically because he was one of the biggest pushes for not having useless, pointless games. Uh, what? Just letting the Hornets into the playoffs? Fuck you. No, 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 no. no, no. <laughs> like he was like, let's not play any unnecessary games. OK, you're not going to be there. <laughs> all right, you know what? Hey, I'm all right with that. You know, and when he can so. construct a roster that can win in the East, then he can talk to me. Until then, shut the fuck up. Yeah. So that puts the NBA up there with the NHL, who does have a t- uh, a way to return. We're still yeah. waiting for any Thank more God. updates from Gary Bettman. Uh, but no, I, I think gonna, it's safe to say we're going to have some interesting sports for the summer. I, I think I can, it's safe to say I can speak for the four of us. 
when uh, no one saw Gary Bettman being one of the good guys <laughs> in the Big Four. Okay, nobody thought Gary Bettman would be one of the voices of reason at the very top of the sports world in the United States. Adam Silver, I saw. Gary Bettman, not so much. Fuck no. Gary Bettman's an asshole. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Like. Uh, speaking of <laughs> assholes, still struggling to get any sort of traction for a return. Major League Baseball cannot get any of their shit together. No. Uh, no. They're the only major U.S. league that doesn't have anything resembling a return plan. Um, and that's including the NFL, who's just like, what? What virus? Uh, business as usual. Yeah. Uh, owners shot down a player's plan for a 114-game season, but there have also been talks that the owners are going to put forward a plan for a 50-game season. Oh, yeah. that's not going to fly. Mm-mm. Dude, no. Now, and the thing is, it's it's all over revenue. The owners yep. li- literally want to do it like a tiered system based on how much of your paycheck you're going to lose. Okay? And I think the players association is doing it right because I mean, I'm a huge baseball fan. Tim's a big baseball fan. It's not what you would call the most physically demanding of the sports. Um, Mm -hmm. The season is nice and long. I think we can all agree on that. 162 games is a lot of fucking games to play. Okay. Arguably too many. Yeah. Okay. But, but all right. You know, these players have shown, listen, we'll play like four back to back to backs if you just do regional travel. Okay? Like right. we'll just we'll just do that. Okay? We'll play four straight games, you know, or you'll throw a doubleheader in there one day and then we'll tr- do a travel day and we'll go do it again in the next city. But we just play AL East versus NL East and AL Central versus, you know, like regionally align it the best you can. Absolutely. You know? Okay? And that made sense. You know, 114 games, a universal DH, and then this isn't just the players like, yo, this is what we're going to do. They throw in a counterproposal to the revenue sharing, and the owners just dismissed it outright. And then yeah. said, we're done negotiating. The next plan we forward, you either accept or. And it's like, dude, how fucking clueless can you be? Um, you know, like Major League Baseball has had horrible trouble getting millennials to sit down and watch a fucking baseball game. They're they're struggling to keep Pop Warner leagues up. Yeah, because and this are- is this is their opportunity. If they had been on the ball with this, they probably would have had a chance because there is no other sport. Mm-hmm. Yeah, going yeah. on. So I mean, it would have been a chance to be like, hey, look, we're on TV. Yeah, we'll see. Well, and James and I had a really good conversation about this. I uh, just yesterday and I'm not really like going to go into it because it because, again, you know, we're trying to keep politics kind of out of this. But we yeah. were just talking about how how baseball just I mean, in the last I would say 100 years really hasn't done a lot to evolve with the different generations, whereas uh, you have the NFL and you have the NBA um where they've kind of evolved and and kind of embraced some of the the uh, what was it we were saying like just some of the newer how are we how did we word it because um, I'm trying to be very careful in how I yeah. word it basically well, baseball since like I would go back like not a hundred years maybe six years hasn't really changed and they haven't like they're stuck in their ways and like they're they they're not doing much to make it attractive yeah yeah. You know? Yeah, 
I mean, is, we're here. Yeah. Like, I, I agree, James. Like, they, they've, where, where the NHL, you know, what they opened up the rink. Uh, they made it a faster game. You know, they, they got rid of a lot of the, the clutching and the hooking and that slower grinding defense. Mm-hmm. Uh, basketball, you went from, like, those grinding, like, Jordan's, Jordan years with the Pistons, and that, you know, basketball spread wide the fuck open now. So you have a much faster game, you know. Um, and on top of that, base or basketball and even hockey have, have really embraced a social media presence mm-hmm. where you have teams whose, like, Twitter uh, profiles are very active with the fans, you yeah. know, and they will talk shit to each other. You know, the teams, whoever their, their social media people are uh, in the NBA and the NHL do great. Yeah, baseball, uh, you're only getting that in the minor leagues. Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, baseball, on the other hand, it's still watched by a bunch of old white dudes. And yeah. if you have younger baseball fans, it's because it's been passed down, you know. Uh, and, and honestly, that's only in certain with certain league, uh, teams, you know. Like, you're always going to have those marquee franchises, Red Sox, Yankees, Dodgers, you the know. Cubs, yeah. Yeah, you know. Well, I know the Cubs, I think, are more of a, a hereditary thing. Um, Fair enough, yeah. You know, because like they sucked for a bajillion million years, and they still filled up Wrigley Field and then built bleachers on top of buildings across the street from the stadium uh, because people <laughs> wanted to go watch the fucking Cubs. Yeah, um, but 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 I mean, y'all. I mean, like that's what I'm saying. Like, just baseball really hasn't done anything to attract a younger yeah. base. Yeah, and and, 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 yet- and they're not going to get the talent needed to help them kind of push it to that next level because it. You know, the game has been the same for the last six years. Well, I think some of that might be, you know, in in football, in basketball, especially in basketball, and in some ways in hockey, you have those superstars who are, like, active and all of that. And baseball, I mean, they have their superstars, but you don't have those those superstars who are embracing – uh, the the social the social media you don't have Mike Trout constantly tweeting and people following him. I mean, I'm sure he's got some social media presence like any celebrity, but yeah. he he's not doing you know what LeBron is doing or what you know Michael Thomas in the NFL is doing or any of that. You don't you don't have that engagement in coming from Major League Baseball. Well, I mean, again, it's because most fans of baseball can. Like they hold their cell phone four feet from their face and have their glasses on the end of their nose. Okay, like they don't know what Twitter is. Um, you know, I, I I think it's a beautiful game, but I mean, Heather and James are absolutely right. They have to start having some sort of innovation to keep the young asses in seats and interested. I mean, the only I mean, if you look at demographics, the largest demographic for baseball right now uh, are are Spanish speakers. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, um, you're getting less involvement and, in, 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 you know, uh, young African-American kids and young white kids, you know, they're, they're looking at other sports now, you know, um, baseball just isn't it anymore. You know, it, it may have been America's pastime, but I really think what kind of put the nail in that fucking coffin was the strike in 94, 95. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hasn't been able to recover since. Now you have. You had the revenue streams going through the roof at the time, and that's because of TV money. TV money and TV deals are going to bring that money in. But when you look at, like Tim, uh, you know, you guys were saying the social media engagement, the, the the younger people coming out and being fans, like you know, it baseball is way behind uh, the NHL, the NBA, and um, 
NFL. Uh, uh, NFL. NFL. Yeah. You know, so I mean, the Major League Baseball might only be up on one organized sporting activity in this country, and that's fucking NASCAR. Yeah. Well, you you brought up the ninety four ninety five strike, Mike. Let me ask you this: What do you think the chances are that no deal is reached on this, and we have? Do you think we see replacement players? No, no, no. Uh, the, no. Only reason I, the only reason I say that is because uh, the, the the season's dependent on no fans present in the stadiums. Okay, mm-hmm. Let's, uh, you know, even if you guys got a wild hair up your ass, say say Tim and James bust open or Tim and James, Jesus Christ, Heather Heather and James oh. crack open a, a bottle of like fucking cheap wine that Heather picked up on the way from you know on her way home from work and she just this had got a really day. weird you know what you know what i will not have you judge my thrifty <laughs> vino choices sir okay, okay? But I'm just and don't don't lock me in with her on the wine i'm a wine snob so yeah. but you guys are just fucking bored there's nothing to talk about and you're like fuck baseball's on and you see a guy that looks like fucking me playing first base are you really gonna tune in that long no you're going to be like, <laughs> that looks like Mac. He looks like he hits and runs about as well as Mac. Fuck this. We're watching reruns. You know, like, that, that's how it would go. Like, you're not. Yeah. yeah. You know, if, if you had, a, like, actual attending fans, yeah. I, I think, you know, Major League Baseball brought in scabs for a bit. The NF, uh, you know, NFL was, uh, you know, is notorious for it. You know, uh, you know, it, but that, that depends on paying fans. That well, yeah, and I also think too, though, like, uh, like there's there's times in my life that I can remember where like, it's almost like baseball gets fun in spurts, like when they get like a like this these breakout talents. So like I remember like when King Griffey Jr. came on the scene and yeah, when right. you know Baby A Rod showed up, like you're not getting that same level of talent that kind of bursts through. And kind of makes the game exciting again and gives it a little bit of momentum. And because they just, it doesn't keep, it doesn't stay with the way that, that they are still doing it. I, I don't even think that's the case. Cause Mike Trout might be the best baseball player since fucking like, uh, you know, Mickey Mantle. You know, I'll admit, now, I, admit, I have not watched a major yeah. league baseball game in a see, long that's what, time. But. That's what I'm saying. Heather is like, they, we, we knew about guys like A-Rod and Ken Griffey and Kerry Wood you know, and we we knew when Roger Clemens was going to be on the mound, and, and the McGuire Sosa home run chase. Yeah, was, exactly we we all watched that shit, okay? Because we knew these players. Because as a kid, we were all somewhat familiar with baseball because yeah. baseball was the thing, okay? Yeah. But like you and James were saying, it hasn't kept up with the times. It hasn't changed. No. So a lot of people are missing the majesty that is watching Mike Trout, a man who looks like he could play defensive end, like sprint <laughs> like a gazelle all over center field. Uh, steal bases, mash a bajillion home runs. You know, like he, he's a, a fucking amazing talent. You know, so I mean, and, and guys like Francisco Lindor, um, you know, and a lot of these other younger players that are coming up, they're every bit and, and probably more talented than some of the best players we got to watch. But again, Major League Baseball has but, just shit the bet on marketing. They yeah, really it's, have. It's not doing anything to showcase yeah. the talent. Yeah. 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 Uh, before we move on, do we have any other topics that we want to discuss this week? I mean, other than, uh, you know, Teron Woodley getting his ass kicked in the UFC fight this weekend, nothing oh, really happened. God. Nothing really happened. Uh, that's bad. Yeah, James, all I'm going to say is um, 
I don't want to hear Woodley ever run his fucking mouth again because no. Wait, was was that that video you showed me earlier, James? No, no. Oh damn! No, I haven't showed you that one. No, that was just from another fight, a Bellator fight a while back. Yeah, Yeah, that. uh, And then he has the nerve after the fight to say, "Uh, "You know, I feel like I'm in a really calm place for someone who just got his ass kicked." I've had my ass kicked a lot. I've never been in a calm place afterwards. No, so I, no. I don't know what the fuck he's talking about. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I've never understood him. I always thought he was way too wrestling heavy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then when you can just kind of poke him with a jab and outwork him on the feet, he's he's no good. Um, but I think when he gets you on the ground, it's a whole other thing. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I just, I, I just never, I never understood kind of like the love for him. I think he's a one trick pony. Uh, and I, I just I laughed a lot when I watched that because I had a bunch of buddies that are like Woodley's gonna whoop his ass and I'm like, <laughs> okay, man. <laughs> no. He's he's stuck with his original game plan and fighters have moved past that. So yeah, you, you, I mean, let's face it, you know as well as I do, whether it's MMA or boxing, it's adapt or die. Like yep. you you have to be able to do it. Yeah. Uh, the only other piece of news I saw is that the uh, the non sport of NASCAR has announced that. They're moving beyond Charlotte and uh, Darlington, and they're going to have the Brickyard 400 at Indianapolis Motor Speedway on July uh, for Fourth of July weekend. Oh, oh, uh, yeah. so I mean, that's that's nice. That's cute. Yeah, you know, good, good for all you NASCAR fans. It's still a shit product, and I hate it. <laughs> all right, well, let's Nothing pivot to changed. our. Let's pivot to our discussion for the weekend uh, or for this week. We watched The Birth of Big Air from ESPN's 30 for 30, the story of, um, wow. Matt Hoffman. Matt Hoffman. Wow, I blanked on it. I didn't have my note up in front of me, and I was like, ah. Uh, Yeah, the story of Matt Hoffman, The Birth of Big Air. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, I'll tell you right now, I watched it with the kids, guys. And my son and daughter were like, oh, my gosh, that your podcast isn't even popular. No one listens to it. Why do you have to watch stuff for it? And like three minutes into it, they were like, this is awesome. This is amazing. <laughs> mm-hmm. Listen, I'm telling you, after James, because James and I just kind of just happened upon it. I think we were just kind of scrolling through the 30 for 30s and, and we just kind of happened on it. And we're like, oh, let's give this a try. And I'm t- listen, I tell you, all we then lived our best like junior high high school yeah. lives after oh, yeah. watching the music that. was fantastic yep um i think what i really enjoyed most about it because it was such a niche thing for so long you only like the photographers were just people that were like either wannabe writers or people that just kind of like fanboyed around with the tours so yeah. you had like this really gritty like uh videography and film uh you know in, in picture taking which I thought really added to the entire thing. Well, yeah, it really reminded me of like those old like skateboarding tapes that you could rent at the video store. Yeah. And when they used to put those out and I loved it. All I could think about is how awesome, you know, some of those uh, jumps that Hoffman was doing would have been if he had a GoPro strapped to his helmet. Oh, Oh, yeah. God, I can't even imagine. I don't think a GoPro would have survived his helmet, though. Oh my I mean, God, I mean, it's no, amazing. But... He survived. <laughs> yeah. GoPro would have sponsored him and then sent him one weekly because he would yeah. go through him that quick. Um, I think my my favorite part, just because I did watch it with the kids, is when the graphic came up of all of Hoffman's injuries. Yep. Yeah. My 
my daughter paused it. Like we she we watched it. And she was like, "Wait a minute, what?" Rewinded it, paused it, and was like, "A hundred concussions, like this many broken up." She's like, "How?" And I was like, "Sweetheart, that was the game then." And then they yeah. showed they showed the film where he was trying to do. Uh, I can't remember what trick it was, but he had the mattresses down on the underside of the ramp, mm-hmm. yeah. and they showed him hitting it. I'm like, that that was him training for it. Two then, comas, 21 broken bones, yeah, you know. 23 surgeries, 100-plus concussions, and 300-plus stitches. Yeah. Yep. The then, best quote is his doctor, who's like, there isn't a bone he hasn't broken in a violent fashion. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> like, yes. How, how great was, like... It's like, here's Matt Hoffman talking, and he's like, yeah, man, you know, like, I just, I did this, I love it. And then they bring his, and his doc, his dad was like, yeah, man, I, I, we took him to the hospital a couple times. And here comes his doctor. No, he broke everything. Everything's mm-hmm. broken in Matt Hoffman, you know? <laughs> I love when they said he was an orthopedic surgeon's dream, and then they cut to the orthopedic yeah. surgeon. He's like, he was a nightmare. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, and then I thought, uh, you know, just because I like this was fun watching it with my with my little dirt merchants is uh, my daughter. She's squeamish about stuff. Mm. And then they're, he's telling the story. He's like, yeah, man, you just see you see Matt like eat shit. And then he just like, oh, man, we should probably take you to the hospital. And Matt's like, no, he goes to his backpack and you see him pull out his own suture kit. <laughs> and he just stitches himself up. And Bailey's like, he just he taught himself how to do stitches. I'm like, sweetheart, if you went to the hospital as much as he did, you probably. Oh, yeah. Said, oh, my- yourself up you know <laughs> yeah i mean your kids don't understand how expensive a trip to the hospital is oh, yet no. Yeah. no you know i laughed when they were like five hundred dollars for the ambulance ride i was like oh that's <laughs> cute well, <laughs> inflation's a bitch guys it's, it's, it's a good thing you're so old you just kind of like watch and coach people now and you're not doing it because i'm feeling there'd be a lot of like broken hips and shit no. you know <laughs> no i don't really- know though because Tony Hawk was on Rogan the other day, and he's still skating like every every other day, and he's fifty four, I think. How old he said he was? So sounds about right. Like he might be okay. I I, I don't know, man. I, I I something tells me Tony Hawk's still skating. I don't think he's as ballsy as he was twenty years ago, though. Yeah, he he's did, not pulling no nine hundreds. He did say he's stopped doing so much air and worked more on technique. So yeah, I mean, yeah. The, the thing is, guys like Hoffman and, and Tony Hawk. I mean, they gave, uh, you know, essentially a voice to the people who were like, you know, we would like these weird, you know, skateboarding and BMX riding. Like, come on, man. Like, who who did that shit? Yeah. Uh, it, was, it was kind of an underground thing. But they, like, put it in people's faces and showed just how fucking cool it could be. No, I, no 90s, I'll tell that's you. That's what everybody did. Yeah. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, and I was going to say, like, where I grew up, like, the kids who didn't play sports did BMX and did dirt mm-hmm. bike riding and did skateboarding so well you grew up in a body really cool so mira yeah yeah dave mira yeah he doesn't look that bad like, well i mean he's dead now well yeah he took his life a few years ago did he oh i didn't yeah know that. that's awkward in, um, in greenville of course he did um so it was, but it was cool to see him because this was obviously several years before that. Um, yeah, but I mean, I, I think I love that part because, like, you have uh, what was his name, James Sam Sparrow or something like that, uh, uh, Hoffman's buddy, who was like, "Yeah, man, Matt was retired." Yeah, then, you know, he's like, you know, he sees this this fucking magazine spread, 
<laughs> or this advertisement. And, like, we never had Guinness come out. Matt didn't give a shit. And then you see Dave Mira. Yeah, man, I brought him this. I was like, hey, Matt, check it out, man. Can you sign this? And he was just like, you see Matt Hoffman, then like, nah, fuck this, dude. I'm shooting for 30 feet. <laughs> you <laughs> suck my dick. You yeah. fuck around with that for 10 years. <laughs> so I, I did the math on that ramp. Um, okay. And so just try to equate it to something people that don't understand, like, skateboarding could get okay but so, wait, wait, wait wait tell them which ramp it was though okay because there's so, a few ramps yeah so it was the mega ramp that he made which is basically like two quarter pipes um had a 43 foot roll in so basically like a ramp that you go down and that's at 60 degrees to hit the 20 foot quarter pipe and then he was trying to hit 30 feet above that right so that put him at 54 feet off the ground roughly which is almost a four-story building so his highest that he said they ever hit was 26 and a half feet which is three and a half stories. That one where he almost died, um, he was just a little under 26. So basically he was at a three-story building and then smashed into the ground. So, damn. Yeah, and here's the thing. Like, can you guys imagine, like, all right, yeah, like, you're once you're going up the, up the ramp, you know, like, yeah, yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And then as you're coming down, I mean, you're coming down face first. You're coming down three and a half stories face first. Yeah. Knowing yeah. you're going to impact as soon as your tire hits the, hits the yeah. road. Yeah. I mean, I just, mean the guy ruptured his fucking damn. spleen and just got up and walked off. I mean, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, but they said they said that if he hadn't have gotten to the hospital, if he got the, to the hospital five minutes later. Yeah. He'd have, he'd oh, yeah. But I'm just yeah saying, he was 15 to 20 minutes from death. God, I, it was so bad to watch because we I, <laughs> we I were rough. watching it and we were like, "Did he die? Did we just see a death?" And we're I like, mean, "Do we need to call the ambulance?" Like, I if I rupture my spleen, I'm just laying there on the ground and dying. Okay, I'm not moving. That's <laughs> just it. I'm not getting up and no. walk off. You know, like that's it. Like you know, I've been blown up a few times. You know, gotten up and walked away from that. Like, whoo, my spleen though. Fuck that, man. Internal shit. I'm done. Just leave me there. Write me off as a training gloss and go about your day. <laughs> just right. falling three stories, I wouldn't get up and try to move. Fuck oh, no. Like, oh. <laughs> like, I just fell off this building. Hang on, I'm fine. I'm fine. No. But see, and what makes this all so, wor like, so bad is whenever you see, like, the shoddy construction of these ramps <laughs> that well, he's building. When you are literally starting, you're, you're, you're pushing the limits of a sport that just started with no infrastructure. Of course, you're going to oh, homemade some shit. God, I mean, there were a couple of them. I was like, I swear to God, the wind is going to blow one way, and that's it. They're all the, dead. They're the all real, dead. The real hero of the entire BMX movement has to be Matt Hoffman's dad. Because <laughs> yeah. can, can you no. imagine? No, no, stop. Can you imagine going to your dad and being like, yo, Pops, I love you, but this is what I want to do. I want to ride bikes and do tricks and just catch air. 99.9% of dads out there going to be like, dude, fuck yourself. Fuck yourself, no. What did Matt Hoffman's do dad, uh, dad do? Well, I'm going to build him a big-ass ramp in the backyard, you know? <laughs> I, mean, I, I, I still think that the hero of the movement is his wife. Oh, Bless God. her. Bless her. No, that's not a hero. That's a saint, okay? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that girl has more trust in her husband uh, than anybody has any right to ever have then my own wife has the right to have I, I they mean, they as of this year 
They have been married 27 years. Yeah, I mean, and and that is, like, I, I, I think that's amazing because, I mean, she was with him through the rise, the fall, and the rise again of mm-hmm. the entire sport. You know, I mean, I wish they would have went in deeper into, like, the actual, uh, like, when the bottom fell out of the popularity and the, yeah. you know, like, and kind of, sh- like, demonstrated more how, like, you, you, you got it uh, a little bit with the, um, you know, essentially the traveling show that often put on just to keep people interested in it. Yeah. But, like, I wish they would have shown, like, what went into that because, you know, there was a lot of work. Oh, yeah. Can, can you imagine trying to finance it? You're building the ramps yourself. You're setting everything up. Oh, wait a minute. It can't just be me riding. I have to go get other people to kind of ride with me. You know, like, it's just, it's fucking crazy. Like, I, I, I'm interested in seeing, like, kind of that part of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, dude, I mean, it's just, like, this dude launched a sport. You know, I, I, he didn't do it single-handedly, obviously, but he pushed the limits to the point where it got people very invested in it. He saved oh, yeah. the sport. Yeah. Oh, and then yeah. He, well, yeah, I mean, he's he's the godfather of the X yeah. Games. And then he saved it when, you know, I, I guess the, I don't know, the bottom fell out of the, the popularity. You know, I mean, it's just, it's fucking great now. Because, like, look at what he, he, he kind of spawned. It isn't just BMX, bikes, and skateboards anymore. People are doing crazy shit on fucking snowmobiles now. Like, what? Yeah. I mean, yep. you could go as far as, like, watching an episode of Nitro Circus and watching them try to backflip um, little big wheels on a big air ramp. Yeah. Uh, that Heather and I watched almost immediately after watching. Uh, this <laughs> we had to. We had to. We had to. We had to. Um, yeah, it, it, he had a quote that I loved about something like that where he said, yeah, it's impossible today, but if I come back to it later and keep at it, it's possible. And then I realized anything is possible. And for someone that has his mentality, it's almost dangerous. Like, oh, if anything's, imp- if anything's possible, well, then I can do anything. So let's just do it. Yeah. Like, it's... Well, dude, right. look, they, they strapped a motor to a fucking bicycle so he can get more so air. Like a, like, a weed whacker. So they could pull it. Yeah, oh, a yes. weed whacker motor. A weed eater motor. They attached like, a weed eater motor to his beat, bike. Nothing beat. His buddy was like, this is so Oklahoma. But, and then you see the bike with the weed, you know. <laughs> you know it's bad when Evil Knievel said. Oh, favorite cameo in the in the a bike behind a motorcycle to go up a ramp just to see how high you go seems insane to me. If it's insane to Evil Knievel, why the fuck is anyone doing it? <laughs> yeah. I think I that's think a very that's, fair yeah, point. Yeah, that, that's way too like on point there, James. But, I mean, the dude made his living pushing the limits of physics. Like, the guy challenged physics. You know, well, I want to do this trick, but I need I need to generate more speed. How do I do that? Well, I can't pedal that fast. Let me get this stuntman to to do some math right. for me. And this is what we're going to do. Listen, go to school, kids. <laughs> go to school. Learn learn your math and your science. So you can yes. engineering. So you can you can give your parents an early death. <laughs> I mean, can you guys imagine your kids like, "Mom, dad, uh, I'm going to get really into BMX, but like I developed this really lightweight polymer and I'm going to strap like a jet engine to it. Listen, that's my son. You are (laughs) describing my son right now. And the problem is, is my daughter would be the one to help him figure it out. I'm guessing you did not show your son this documentary. No, 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 (laughs) no. Because we showed him wrestling and he's already doing frog splashes off the couch, which I loved, but still like we we show him that he'll be trying to like, yeah, that's it. It'll be done. 
he's gonna get his think- little like his little like little tyke's car you know the the red and yellow car that most oh, toddlers yeah. have yeah we still have that he's gonna be asking mr james can you give me a slide so we can use it as a ramp and like i just know that's gonna happen <laughs> and it's not or you guys turn your back for 10 minutes and there's a weed whacker motor strapped to it the, yeah a little coup. Yep. yeah I did find it funny that Matt Hoffman basically inspired all of these extreme sports, but Tony Hawk got a video game first. <laughs> right? Well, honestly, I, I mean, this is just me talking. Hoffman seemed really into the community, right? Like, he really mm-hmm. seemed like, I want to advance my sport. This is what I love. This is what I love. This is what I'm passionate about. This is what I've dedicated my life doing. Tony Hawk from the get-go. Um, seemed really plugged in to uh, talking to press and getting on camera and doing all these things. His brand. Yeah, he was really interested in the brand. Where Hoffman was just like, okay, I want to expand the sport. What do I do? I'm not worried about cameras. I'm going to start a line of bikes so people can jump them. I think that's a regional thing. I think that comes from where Hoffman and Tony Hawk grew up. Where Tony Hawk grew up in California, Hoffman in Oklahoma... Yeah. Uh, Tony Hawk at a young age, he got exposed to Hollywood and he was doing stunts for Police Academy 4. Um, and there were like two other movies he did like skateboard stunts for. So I think at an early age, he kind of saw like, oh, I can make really good money doing this. And he learned how to talk, yeah. and how to like sell himself to keep going. Um, yeah, I, I agree with you, James. I just think like Hoffman was more focused on how can I help other people get into this. I mean, I mean, the guy starts a whole like line of bikes that were lighter and more durable and, and he made them affordable. So people go out, get that bike and they can get out there on ramps. Right. I mean, I'm not saying Tony Hawk didn't do that with skateboards and trucks and wheels and all that shit. But I mean, like you said, Hawk knew that it was like he grew up around that and he knew he could make a pretty penny from it. And he went out and did it. And I, I don't hate the fucker for it, man. Good for you, man. You literally made a bajillion million dollars skateboarding. Like you, you've done every every person's dream, you know. So like, I'm not gonna hate on it, but I think there, like you said, there you had like the kind of Oklahoma sensibility against the California, you know, kind of sensibility. And I can say that because I'm from California. Before people are like, oh, what do you know about California? Yeah, I grew up in Southern California, not too far from where Tony Hawk grew up. So I know how people were out there. So I can say that, and that's what made me realize it, being from there. Yeah, I mean. All I know is north of Sacramento, you got a bunch of weird people trying to form the state of Jefferson. And below that, mm-hmm. it's just really odd uh, mix of wannabe screenwriters and actors, uh, you know. Um, beach bums. Yeah, beach bums. Yep. Beach bums and people who lift weights in outside gyms. That's all I know. Okay, yeah. so. I mean, that's, that's California. If that's all you guys get from this episode, just know that's all California is. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's worth noting Matt Hoffman was inducted into the Oklahoma Sports Hall of Fame in 2018. 2018? Yeah. As he should have. It, it took, took till 2018. Long. Okay, now listen. No, listen. What we really need to be just shocked about is that Oklahoma has a Sports Hall of Fame. Let's start oh, yeah. there, okay? Oh, yeah. Every state has a Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, I'm pretty sure Louisiana does not. Oh, I'm pretty sure they do. Oh, let me look. Oh, yeah. Go let ahead me, and pull, Google that. Go ahead and Google that because it's going to be uh, shocking when you find it. <laughs> Shut up. I hate you. Yeah. <laughs> it's right there, isn't it? No, hold on. I'm, still, I'm typing it in right now. Go ahead. Yeah. Talk, talk amongst yeah. yourselves. Yeah. I mean, 
James. Yeah, 2018 I, is when Matt Hoffman got inducted. How? Like, how the fuck do, do you not get him in earlier than that? Like, he, well, he might, outside of Barry Sanders, who's a more popular, you know, like, who other well-known people are from fucking Oklahoma? I think it's because they didn't recognize it as a sport. Like, that I mean, be. this is the first year that skateboarding was supposed to be in the Olympics. Now it'll be next year. But, yeah. like, people don't look at um, skateboarding and BMXing and motocross as a sport, which they fucking should. But I can tell from Heather's face that she found it. Uh-huh. Um, yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Hey, hey, Heather, go ahead and pull up the Idaho Sports Hall of Fame next, and you'll you'll listen, get that pretty quick. Listen, do you want to know why I didn't know there's a, there's a fucking Sports Hall of Fame in Louisiana? It's because it's in Natchitoches, okay? There's not jack shit in Natchitoches. Good grief. So that's how you say that? Yes. Not <laughs> Natchitoches. 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 It, it's good that Louisiana. Wait, are we talking about Natchitoches? It's Natchitoches. Oh, Okay, yeah. I learned something new today. Yes. But anyways, there's there's yeah. no reason for it to even beat. God, why is it there? Okay. Okay. Anyways, go ahead. Continue. Yeah. Continue. But yeah, I mean, that, that's a shame because they're, like, I'm going to tell you right now, um, it takes a better athlete to control their body on a little piece of wood with wheels or a little uh, stainless steel body with wheels and do what they do than it does to take an asshole who sits in a fucking seat for four and a half hours turning left okay like fuck off with nascar as a sport and bmx and skateboarding is not you can gargle my nuts if you think nascar is a sport and you don't think bmx and fucking skateboarding is not all right espn didn't help the sport of skateboarding and bmx when the first x games came out it was called the extreme games well the x games yet and they had like because it was 1995 yeah okay but they had like fucking bungee jumping and like skydiving and then like these weird bike races where dudes were smashing into poles like that didn't help no but i think there were enough you had guys like mira and hoffman and hawk and all you know all the other uh i guess for lack of a term extreme sports athletes that came out said no we need to do this right you need to you know we we have something like people come out to watch us and let's face it, in the mid-90s, it really fucking took off, like skateboarding and BMX and everything. You know, and once ESPN's, like, I, I don't know what, uh, production people got their head out of their ass, you know, and started, sh- like, showing off the things that these men and women do, you know, I, I, I don't think you could, you know, take anything away from them. I mean, there's a reason that snowboarding went from the X Games to the fucking Olympics. Yep. Mm-hmm. There's a reason skateboarding was supposed to be in the olympics you know like i forgot that that was supposed to start this year yeah yeah but it was gonna be street though it wasn't gonna be fucking uh which but that's it's because of the whole availability for countries which i get but man bird is so much cooler than street yeah but you know what dude it's a start okay it's it's a fucking start um you know, and worth, that, worth noting, um, inducted into the Oklahoma Hall of Fame before Matt Hoffman, and the same year as Barry Sanders was Mark Price in 2005. Good grief. They waited well, that Oklahoma. long to get, they waited really that long like... to put Barry Sanders in the Oklahoma Athlete well, Hall of Fame. The first class looks like it was uh well no, the, this only goes back to 2003, but yeah. 
who do you put in before Barry fucking Sanders, man? Like, goddamn, <laughs> Oklahoma is so backward. And you guys want to know why I disdain most things in the South? You fucking goofballs. <laughs> so, so do you do you want to hear something that's really going to make you feel, you know, like, like what the fuck have I done with my life? Do you know uh, how old he was when he did the uh, the mega ramp? Oh, dude. He was still uh, a teenager, wasn't he? He was 24, 25. Oh, when God. He did damn. that. Like, dude. Okay. The man, I, I just, I, I commend anybody um, who just deals with, with speed and heights the way he did. Like, I, I can't imagine being able to do what he did on a bike. Like, I, 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 like, I physically can't imagine myself, like, hurting myself that way. One. And two, just having the mental acuity to go, you know what? To, you know what I'm doing today, guys? I'm going to do a 900 on a bike. What's up? And everybody's just like, uh, don't, dude, don't, Matt, don't no. do that. Whatever you do, don't do that. And he's just like, nah, I'm going to go ahead and do it. And yeah. he just, and it know, just does it. And it yeah. just does it. You he know, might fuck up the first one, but then the second one, he's going to almost nail it. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, it's. I, I've always admired guys like that. Only, well, I mean, part of it is I could never do it. Like, I never had that mastery of my coordination to do it. Um, but, I mean, they're just they, – they pushed boundaries that people weren't supposed to push. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know? Uh, you know, I, Especially I at, on instruments that you weren't supposed to push to those yeah, levels. Yeah, I mean, who uh-huh. – I mean, how many times did you watch the bike just fall apart when he came to the ground? Oh, God. Oh, God. Like <sighs> – that like reel of like wipeouts was just, everyone. We were just like, oh, oh, he's dead. Oh no. Yeah. And like, I, and I, I would, flashbacks. And I would like pull up my phone too. It was funny. He's like, I, I would pull up my phone and be like, do I need to call nine one one? Does he need help? <laughs> I just had flashbacks to my childhood because growing up in Southern California and not having a lot to do, um, I skate. I was on a skateboard or I was on a bike or a pair of rollerblades, and I have fallen not quite as many times as him. But every time I was just like, oh, God, I was so dumb. I had no talent. What was I doing trying to, like, redo that? Idiot. Yeah, dude, James, the only thing I did on rollerblades was play hockey, and I I was not good at that. I was not good at that either. <laughs> nope. Mm-mm. Nope. I, t- I, I thoroughly enjoyed this documentary, yeah, though. It was really I, good. Yeah, I did, too. I, I'm not going to lie, guys. Like. I hate shilling for a company like ESPN who treats their producers and writers like shit and their uh, uh, journalists like shit. But holy fuck, man, they really are hitting out of the park with these 30 for 30s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, and the thing is, my complaints are just little fucking things. Uh, you know, like last week it was it was too short. I imagine that might have had, you know, had to do with the money he was able to get together to actually put this fucker together. And then, I mean, this, uh, you know, this big air was so good. My only gripe was I wanted to see what he did to put together his traveling, uh, you know, circus to keep the sport alive. You know, I mean, it. They, they've done so well. Uh, you know, I, I've been so pleasantly surprised with everything. Um, and I think collectively we all made a good call doing, you know, watching these and reviewing them uh, in our sports dead time uh, that we're dealing with in, uh, you know, Corona 2020. Well, I think it's funny that you kind of said, you know, like his whole little like traveling circus, because that kind of led James and I into, you know, rewatching Nitro Circus, because that's essentially kind of what Travis Pastrana did. 
Yeah. He he kind of started to do the same thing. Of course, there was a, a fuck ton more production value to oh, it yeah. because there, he's fucking Travis Pastrana. Yeah. By that point, Pastrana, I mean, he tapped into a market what that was already built. Exactly. You know, there, but but what I'm saying there. though, though, but what I'm saying though is that he made it this traveling thing yeah. for people to go and see. You know these. X game style tricks and and ramps and everything you know to you know in their closest big town or whatever it was kind of the same mentality it was just on a bigger scale yeah i mean but that was the great thing about the entire bmx skateboard like extreme sports movement was Mm -hmm. like butting it up to the warp tour because you didn't just get to watch music you got to watch tony hawk and, and Pastrana and, and all those guys. Yeah, know, it was this whole experience. Yeah. It became it, a whole thing. It was fucking great, man. I loved Warped Tour. And I, I mean, we're getting off topic here, but it broke my heart when I heard they were discontinuing and did that like farewell last summer. I was just like, <laughs> like a piece, another piece of my childhood is over and done with. Um, but I mean, it, that, that I think that's where, uh, you know, you, you had... Uh, you know, uh, such an appreciation for these guys is because they're like, listen, we have a legitimately big sport now. Um, and, and fuck going mainstream. We're going to hook up with Vans and we're going to do Warp Tour. Uh, we're going to hook up with Monster when they first became an energy drink, you know, and fucking do all these like shows and concerts and shit. Like they just said, we, we're not worried about, uh, you know, big sponsors and all that shit. Let's just do our thing where we can continue to do our thing. And anybody who doesn't like it, fuck them, you know, mm-hmm. and it, people still loved it. You know, so I mean, it's, you know, these guys, these guys are fucking awesome. The other thing we forgot to mention was uh, Matt Hoffman winning in his first ever competition as a pro. Yeah. yeah. He was yeah. 19 years old. Yeah. yeah. The day he went pro, he won. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, he's, he's kind of good. I mean, kinda good. <laughs> just kind of. Yeah. Uh, everybody was just competing for second place. I, I mean, that, I think that was a, another good thing about it. Like, you saw everybody, like, they interviewed all those guys that were going against him in that first tournament. And they're like, dude, we saw this kid as an amateur. And we're like, what's the fucking point in riding? None of us are going to win. None of us are going <laughs> to get as high as he is. Like, we all knew we were going to get in second, you know, or lower. Like, we're not beating him. Um, I mean, can you imagine being 18, 19 years old, and you're not, you haven't even conduct, you know, you haven't even taken part in a professional, uh, you know, event yet. And everybody who's been doing this for years already is like, well, fuck it, man. I, I don't even know what the... Why am I here right now? I could be at home, but Matt fucking Hoffman's here as a 19-year-old. And, 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 <laughs> and that makes that makes Matt Hoffman such an anomaly. I was just thinking about it. Because, like, you know, since there's been no sports, um, like, been watching a bunch of the 30 for 30s, and we watch the... Um, you know, we've heard about, you know, uh, Jordan being a dick. We've heard about... Um, uh, Lance Armstrong being a dick and Matt Hoffman, who was such a prodigy and so good at that sport, he wasn't a dick. Like, yeah. I, I like it's Yeah, he was still like, like incredibly humble. And yeah. it was just, he was, you know, he was talking about, you know, all of these big tricks and all these, you know, incredible accolades, you know, as if it was just like, oh, yeah. And then on Tuesday, I did this. And oh, yeah. And we had spaghetti that night. Like, it wasn't. He did not take himself seriously or like almost at all. Like, yeah, it just wasn't. He was just like, yeah, that's what I did. That was just a thing that I did. Yep. Or or the the time that he entered a competition and he's like, 
I think I'm going to enter the the amateur. I think I can win that. And his dad's like, no, enter expert. Yeah. You're going to win that. All right, yeah. Dad. Okay. 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 No pressure. No pressure. So right. I did. <laughs> but yeah, it was. It was. This one was just a, a kind of a fun watch, you know. Mm-hmm. Wasn't anything to be like super analytical about or anything. Yeah. It was just something to kind of like take you back to that feeling of being a kid and watching these these dudes do just superhero type yeah. things on you know on bikes and on skateboards and just being like god that's so fucking cool and and you know and they looked like you know the person standing next to you you know yeah. and so that's what was cool about it so real quick any last thoughts from James um i do think my favorite quote from all of it was um, when they're talking about all his injuries and he's like, one doesn't come without the other. If you're going to have fun, you may wind up unconscious, at least my kind of fun anyways. And when I heard him say that, I was like, Oh, Ben Hoffman is my spirit animal. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, another, another, another great one was when he, what did he say? If my body is intact at the end of my life, I yes. or something like that. Yeah. He's like, my, my body needs to be erect. Mm-hmm. You know, it can be, can be completely erect, uh, for me to say I lived my life the way I wanted to. I just thought that was fucking brilliant. And when he yeah. said that, Heather looked at me and she's like, I understand you now. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Heather, it's funny. Thought. No, it's well, it's well, it, and it's funny because as soon as he like said that, I remembered what you said, Tim, about how when you and Karen watched Believeland, how you were like, okay, this is everything you'll ever need to understand about me. And that's exactly what this was with James. It was <laughs> yeah. the exact same thing because he has the exact same mentality. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, like I said, it was just, it was really cool to kind of see, to see kind of the old writers. And it, it was just a fun, like I said, it was just this trip down memory lane about things I hadn't thought of in like 25 years. You know, like at one point, James and I were looking up the old like CCS catalogs that used to come. And like we found some and I was like, oh, my God, I remember this one. I got this one. And we were like looking at all the decks and the wheels and the clothes. And I was just like, God, man, God, it was I such just a cool time back then. Decks. Yeah, I had a pair of bands for about 12 years before their shoes finally fell apart. I loved bands, man. I love them. No, and we were talking about this. I was a D.C. girl. I was a DC guy. Yeah. I love DCs. And you know what? But those two, like, honestly, on it before, like, 2010, those shoes would last forever. Yep. And then DC and Vans were both like, wait a minute. No one's buying shoes anymore. We have to make these things worse. So now, <laughs> you know. <laughs> you, no, you I, do like, have a, I do have my pair of Vans. I do have a pair of Vans that I still wear. Yeah, dude, I'm telling you, like, I had the same I have the old school Vans. Yeah, yeah. I have the, I have the it, it, they're the black with the white stripe down the side, the lace-ups. Yep. 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 I mean, yep. it was Vans and Chuck Taylors because those two pair of shoes will last for fucking ever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, that was the choice I gave him the other day on what shoes to wear was either my Vans or my Chucks because my Chucks are 16 years old. Mm-hmm. Still together. Barely, but they're still together. Dude, Chuck Taylor's made before Nike bought them were the best shoes ever fucking made. You know, you had you had five colors. You might suddenly we've become a shoe podcast. Yeah, (laughs) here we are. I'm not sorry about it. Uh, (laughs) All right, my Chuck Taylors still are on my feet. Whenever I mean, honestly, when I wear shoes, 
I'm wearing Chuck Taylors. Mac, okay. final thoughts on Birth of Big Air? Um, I was pleasantly surprised with it. I loved it. Uh, and it was even more fun watching it with my two little snot-nosed people. Um, and if I can get something that fun to watch with them again, I'd be totally down. Because just watching my children go from, oh, I can't believe we have to watch this, your podcast sucks, to, oh, this is awesome. Uh, your podcast must be kind of cool if you're talking about this. I'm like, all right, now shut up and leave me alone. <laughs> Well, that'll wrap it up for this week's episode. Be sure to follow us on all social media at Hometown Crowd on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can get in the conversation at our Hometown Crowd podcast group, facebook.com slash group slash Hometown Crowd pod. As always, subscribe on your favorite podcast source. If you're an iTunes listener, leave us a review and we will read it on the air. Just a reminder, we are part of the 910 Comedy Podcast Network, so make sure you check out our sister shows, That's Just My Face, Dead Girls Talking, and our newest one, my other show, Marital Tiffs. Uh, you can find out more about all of our shows on 910 Comedy on Facebook. For Mac and Heather, I'm Tim. James, thanks for joining us, and thanks yes, for sharing thank with James. the hometown crowd. Thank, thank you. you, baby. Bye, oh, everyone. Yeah, bye. And also, um, listen, if you guys decide to watch Birth of Big Air and think, you know what, yeah, man, I can totally do that. No, you can't. No, you no. can't. Don't no, do it. Can't. Do not. But if you do video it, video or it didn't happen. Okay, and bye. And post it on our Facebook. And post it on our, on our site. Bye. Yep.